What's up, Joe? Hey, Brad. How you doing today, man? Good. Looks like you and I both lost our razors. Yeah, I got. I keep my daughter's giving me shit. You know, it's like I got to get in and. Shave I just barely today. had time to get a fucking shower in because I spent my entire morning on fucking phone calls. So you know, always fun. Yeah, it's a great that's help for it, productivity. If yeah, I was on a phone ever, call with somebody that was going to do my work for me, it'd be a different story. But uh, I haven't yeah. found that person. No, I'm kind of trying to find some um, interny type. You know the investment banking model where they pair like a senior banker with a new banker. Yeah. Um, and then basically they kind of it creates consistency. In your case, in the it's an old wanker with a new wanker. Exactly. Um, but they, you know, so the intellectual capital doesn't get lost when people leave the contact stay with the firm because there's always somebody to reload in that position. Right. And right. So you know you can work them like dogs basically. <laughs> So we're recruiting from people listening to the show, are we? But hey, man, you know, look, you get you get fifty plus years of wisdom coming from the two of us. So, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. But you know, someone who's has the energy, you know how it is. You, these twenty-one year olds can work hundred hours a week. That's um, awesome. And in the end, they, uh, you know, all of a sudden they're making. Oh, I'm a not supposed dollars. to be working one hundred twenty hours a week. No, you're not. You got a family <laughs> to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I got uh, what sleep, sleep. Well, I guess that's work too, right? That's Three and a half hours sleep last night. Yeah. Oh, I put in a power sleep. I think I got like, I mean, I woke up at five, went back to sleep till like seven thirty. Um, oh shit! I just like screw it. I got to catch up because I just feel worn out. Um, yeah. But I feel good today. Um, yeah. Lots of good action out in the market. Um, lots of big, big news. Yeah. And, Let me share you know, the most. Everything's important holding news. up. Yeah, go Let me for share it, the man. most important news first. C Z C. Oh, sorry. No. The wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought your boy C Z was your big news today. No. Disney Plus announces an Obi Wan Kenobi series coming May fifteenth. <laughs> that is the big fucking news of the day. Man. That's why everybody signs in for this call. This podcast <laughs> Dude, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I can't fucking wait. My son has actually been re-watching all the Star Wars flicks because he feels like he watched him when he was, I'm, you know, I made him watch him when he was like fucking four or five years old. So he's yeah. uh, he's uh, trying to catch up. And then this morning I saw this and I'm like, oh, that's friggin' awesome. So, um, you know, we watch, we spend a lot of hours watching Marvel and lately some DC shit and uh, um sci-fi stuff and this this is going to be fun this is going to be fun we watch mandalorian together you know all that so yeah anyway. no, how many how many star wars are there now there's like 30 or something God, right? it's incredible i i have no idea i have They're no I'm, I'm not a i'm not a uh star wars junkie there's a lot that i in the you know animated stuff that i haven't seen that kind of stuff yeah. but um uh their mandalorian was awesome uh the new one um uh, they have a new series, and now I'm drawing a total blank. Anyway, it's getting good reviews, so I'm really looking forward. I'm really looking forward to this one. The backstory on Obi Wan Kenobi should be interesting. Anyway, it's just so confusing though, because you know the first one we saw, the real, the first Star Wars actually then turned into the four episode four. Yeah. So they kind of went four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, then back to one, two, three. Yeah. And then all of these prequels came out and stuff, and I'm just having trouble keeping track of who's who at this point. Like. <laughs> The one with the uh, the gal who's the lead character or the main character protagonist. Um, I can't remember her name. Big name. Big actor name. And 
she ends up meeting up with Luke Skywalker at the end of the one of the episodes when he's young, and then another time he's old. Um, yeah. Oh wait, Chuck's weighing in on something. Maybe he knows the answer. Oh, I bet um, he does. Because if there was ever a nerd that would know oh, the yeah. Star Wars, it's Chuck. Unless oh, it's all unless Alec it's Guinness, all Alec Guinness CGI. CGI. I'm out. Yeah. Ay, 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 ay. So we have that a, was we have a Star Wars maximalist on our hands. Yeah, exactly, purist. <laughs> <laughs> None of that Marvel or any of that shit. I just want Alec Guinness OG. Hey, um, uh, we had Alex on yesterday uh, from Eureka, and I posted up his uh, ep- my interview with him uh, this morning. Uh, and as I was going through it again last night to pull out some snippets and, and do some edits, you know, this is a really thoughtful project. You know, he's really taking such a foundational approach to it. So... If nothing else, I encourage everyone to listen to it because uh, I think there's a lot of smart thinking behind it, and I think it will uh, it will it'll it'll give people some ideas, and um, I think it's a better way. And I think his timing is awesome uh, for this. And you know, at the beginning of a, whatever you want to call it, bear bull, in between, sideways chopping, whatever. Um, really, uh, really, uh, really impressed after listening well, again so and it's also a bit of a hidden gem i mean a lot of people are searching out the i mean the market cap's only 50 grand so a lot of people right. are searching out low market cap plays you know you heard them um stuff he's doing makes sense um trying to experiment with new protocols i mean this is something i haven't bought any yet but i probably am um just because i thought he's smart and he has as good a chance as anybody else of making it big so yeah, I got the airdrop like and then I, yeah, I got the airdrop. I bought a little more. And then after listening to the interview last night, I bought more, you know, obviously. Yeah. So we're biased. We, I'm an investor in it, but uh, I'm nothing, nothing significant because it doesn't take a lot to invest in this. Uh, yeah, so. you can, 30,000, you can take it over. <laughs> <laughs> not really. It's hey, Alex, we're taking over your project. Yeah. No, not, no, just not kidding. At all. It, it, the protocol won't, isn't set up for that right now. No, but, um, no. Yeah, super good guy. I recommend everybody learn more about it. Yep, absolutely. So this is big news. Um, see, see, and it's see, a see. fucking master move. It's just this guy. This guy never fucking stops just killing well, it. I do just wonder if there it. might be a FinCEN issue or a CFIUS issue here, just because, um, you know, coming both from crypto and, you know, we don't know. Uh, the Chinese connections all in on this. I mean, he's Canadian, but we don't know. So I would expect that this deal gets looked at, but I like it because crypto going into mainstream financial media, I mean, that's big time. Well, and it's funny because we just interviewed uh, Andrew Thurman last week and he was talking about how, you know, Coindesk expects to replace Forbes and the other financial publications or chains or whatever you want to conglomerates. Um, that's right. So this kind of puts an interesting spin on that. It's like, oh, well, where does this go from here? And what does that do to the incumbent crypto publications? Right. Because, um, obviously there's going to be a focus here. Now, the other interesting thing here is I'm sure this investment's not coming from the exchange, the investments coming from the venture capital arm or him, um, because that conflict of interest would be just ridiculous, right? Um, a, a, Press coverage, yeah. How would it affect Forbes coverage and Binance? Those kind of things. Yeah, good points. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, it certainly would 
help with the narrative, but you know, I, I, you know, I thought coin market cap was smart. Um, and I think this is, this is just seismic level investment. It's just fucking awesome. Yeah. 200 million, right? 200 million, man. 200 million. I haven't read the details on it yet. I need to do that, but, um, just, uh, just pretty powerful. And then of course the story is in CNBC. So that's a interesting impact with them and what happens there. But, um, anyway, um, it's, uh, it's two other institutional things. If you want me to follow up with those. Oh, now get this. It's a SPAC. Wait a minute. So the funds will help Forbes execute on its plans to merge with a publicly traded special purpose acquisition company or SPAC in the first quarter, according to people with knowledge of the deal. Oh, very interesting. And so he's cashing up Forbes so that they can contribute to the SPAC. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. I don't like SPACs. The SPACs come and go. I think that they're kind of running their duration now because it's so frothy and they end up half the time being worthless. Um, yeah. I mean, I think something like this with the intellectual property that that Forbes has is, you know, you're getting a lot of value right away. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's all about whether or not a SPAC works or a DAO works or anything else works, an IPO works, is based on whether or not the people running it execute, right? And so I definitely think the hype around them is overblown, but I think that if this gives them the opportunity to go out and acquire a lot of media brands, um, then, you know, there, there could be some good potential for this. But at the end of the day, I think it's really smart by CZ to take this piece and yeah, no, I like the move. Um, see if it happens, closes. Yep. But the thing with the SPACs, too, is you really got to watch the front end of the SPAC because whoever sets it up always just takes a huge gash out of it. And so the new investor money's paying off the guys that set it up. So sure. there's a lot of, um, you know, just really, really have to be careful with these because um, I said half of them just vaporize. It's yeah. like the new hustle. It's like yeah. uh, reverse mergers into shells. Exactly. Everybody goes, oh, we're going public. And I'm like, what? In Utah or something? Whatever. Um, <laughs> it's a joke. So um, let me pop my screen up real quick just to follow yeah. on the institutional stuff. Um, okay. Because I talk about these guys a lot. All right. And we'll kick it back to you. BlackRock planning to offer crypto trading, sources say. Yeah. Uh, ten, $10 trillion under management. Um this is a monstrous move. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this. I mean, it's kinda, not surprised. You're not surprised, are you? No, I think it's like you know, bye bye Coinbase. That's what I think. When these really? guys start doing, wait, you, oh, well, yeah. they're not going to go down to retail. Maybe Coinbase institutional. Uh, Latin investment platform. I think that goes out to all their wealth managers, okay. and that's the one that they use for you know, which I think they've got like four trillion under wealth management. So that's. I mean, I haven't read the whole article either. But. That's an interesting play for my buddy, um, Eric. Hold on. Uh, it's just an investments engine. There's an SEC filing. Oh, yeah. BlackRock also owns, and I talk about this a lot too, 16.3% of MicroStrategy. So I always, they're the biggest uh, shareholder. And that's why I always thought that MicroStrategy was, you know, it's always had to have permission from BlackRock to do their whole BTC strategy, Sailor. Right. Have it, or they would, you know, fire them basically. Yeah. So I thought that was their kind of test to see what how people were going to react. And now yeah. they're like, oh, wow, okay, everybody's in on this. So huh. um, so that's a big time. And one other thing I thought was cool too, Salesforce is working on an NFT cloud service, which I was very surprised by this. That's um, interesting. I mean, that's as enterprise as it gets. Yeah, and, but what does uh, that mean, an NFT cloud service? What the fuck does that mean? I know, man. Let's see. 
Um, oh, told employees sales kickoff company NFT cloud product. Okay, they take it on the world of art and Salesforce sees an opportunity to bring the technology into enterprise software. So they're going to probably do something. You know, they have CRM interface that they, uh, the Salesforce automation piece that they use all the time. And it's all, they added so many more capabilities. I haven't really looked at them in a couple of years, but it looks like Salesforce provides cloud-based software for sales reps, marketing departments, and e-commerce vendors wants to offer a service for artists to create content and release it on a marketplace like OpenSea. That's really interesting. That is interesting. So very interesting. Yeah. So they're going into the creations. I thought maybe they were going to go into the high end NFT spice, you know, like finance and real estate, you know, the more enterprisey uh, angles, but still that's a, you know, that's a, that is ERC, ERP in this country right now or in the globe. So yeah, um, I thought those were two cool. Um, and then finally there's, the third one, I'll kick it back to you. Um, IMF report uh, gearing up for central bank digital currency. Since we read the Fed one, probably World Bank's got one out there and IMF. It's important just to read all this stuff to see what everybody's thinking. Yeah. Um, you can just Google it. Future of money gearing up for bank central bank digital currency. Um, but yeah, that's two, three big, big things that I thought were cool. Yeah, it's big news day. Um yeah, hold on one second. Um, you know, it's interesting. I got to. I've got to look up. I, I'm going to message my buddy Eric uh, that I interviewed. Um, that they have the uh, wealth management uh, platform for crypto, um, and I need to. I want to get a feel for him um, how the BlackRock thing could impact them and their initiatives because uh, they worked really hard to build that out. He came from the ETF world into fund management and um, is a huge crypto advocate, but I'm wondering if that's a, um, uh, I'm wondering how, if that's going to have an impact on their business. So. Yeah. yeah, I would say yes. Yeah. I'll just say yes. Yeah. Right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other one I thought was interesting. Um, you know, we talk a lot about Blackstone and actually one of the companies I advise or the investment banks I advise you know, they did a big deal with Blackstone. They're pretty deep there. I mean, maybe we should hook him up with Blackstone. Yeah, we could potentially do that. Yeah, yeah. Because, actually, uh, I'll ping him and see what's up. Yeah, because Blackstone's obviously looking too. And yeah. BlackRock makes a move like this. Blackstone's not going to want to be, you know, not have a seat at the table. I, I honestly don't know what Blackstone's already doing in the space, though, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, so this tool, uh, yield rodeo that I found the other day, I think I had actually found it, uh, previously and we talked briefly about it, but, um, I really like it because it's fast. Um, this is essentially a, uh, a, a product that lets you, uh, find yields, um, by token, whether or not they're liquidity pools or single staking, uh, what blockchain you want to be on, if you want to be on a specific, um, a platform like say uh, PancakeSwap, Ave, Sushi, whatever. Um, but it works really well. And I've been really impressed with the initial searches I did. So right now I've got it set for these stables, USDC, DAI, BUSD, USDT, let's add Frax. Um, and then I have not having liquidity pools and single assets. So essentially these are all single staking pools. And then I chose Phantom, right? So 
it immediately kind of updates these results for you. And then you can sort by uh, daily APR, monthly APR, or overall APY, but uh, really, really fast acting platform. I really like this thing a lot. I really like it a lot. So recommend everybody give it a check out, see if it works for you. You click on one of the ones and then you can, uh, you know, go ahead and do the deposits, buy the tokens, the whole bit, the links are there. So I just like it. I think it's a nice, clean, fast platform for finding yields. So maybe we'll do this for a DGEN session. We'll use this uh, coming up here, Joe. Maybe yeah, I threw time today. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I threw the three links in from those uh, the BlackRock, Salesforce, and IMF report in the in the chat. So beautiful. To look. All right, um, cool. Real quick, uh, this I find really interesting. Um, so. For those of you that aren't aware of the history, uh, EOS or EOS uh, blockchain um, was formed. What was that? Uh, what year was that? They started that. 16, 17, ICO. something like that. Oh, the rolling four, $4 billion. Raise. Yeah, 2018. So yeah. they started their they started their rolling ICO, right? So essentially it was like the uh, eternal ICO. Um back in 2018, raised $4 billion with 900 million tokens. And so they were, they had all these big plans. I, I believe you can write uh, either JavaScript or Python. I think it's JavaScript to write smart contracts on the platform. EOS is very fast. Um, it uh, works uh, pretty well. So the actual chain they built um, is high functioning, high speed. They built out a nice community of users and developers. Um, and, you know, with all that money, it certainly seemed like uh, there would be no problem kind of accomplishing their goals and really penetrating the market. I mean, look, you look at what Avalanche and Phantom have done with like, you know, 200 to $400 million in incentives for developers. It shouldn't be too difficult to get people onboarded and creating uh, great products. Now, I think one of their problems is they're seen as dated and old. Um, but you would think Ethereum and Bitcoin would be as well. Um, anyway, the managing, managing company behind this uh, block one um, has, according to the people that live in the community, which is the EOS N Foundation, the, a group that was formed to take over running the day-to-day -day of the actual EOS blockchain and the development of it, um, they haven't done shit. So the original platform was created, the original blockchain was created, and then they got into uh, negotiations to take over every aspect of it and to receive the funds that Block One currently has. Um, this is Brock Pierce, by the way, as well. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, I couldn't remember if he was part of that, yeah. And there's he, he, that boy's got some mixed background issues as well in terms of uh, some controversies. And of course, he... Um, decided he was suitable for running for president last year, which was oh, fabulous. a hysterical joke. Um, what party? What party was he running with? What his was uh, independent. It was an independent. Oh, yeah. No, so, but he did settle up with the SEC right away. I do remember that. Well, went, when you got like $4 billion, that's million. not hard to do, yeah. They yeah. paid a couple hundred million dollar fine or something, and it's like, all right, go ahead. Go yeah. about your business. Yeah. So <laughs> they were negotiating basically to take the money over and this guy uh eves larose is leading he's the founder of and leading the foundation to trying to take over eos right which you know you can't blame the community people that have invested time years of effort writing code building products on it they're pissed off that shit's not happening with this thing and essentially block one decided they were going to become like an asset management company 
instead of, you know, funding and running the network. So this foundation create was created. I think they have some level of technical control over the network now. And they went into negotiations with Pierce and, and Block One, from what I understand, to get the funds, I believe was the whole issue. And uh, Block One walked away from the negotiations. So now Eves and the foundation are pursuing, potentially pursuing a lawsuit for $4.1 billion of coincidental really? amounts nice and, I mean, and look i think at the end of the day it's just like get your ass back to the table lawsuit threat right but um you know the problem is so on one hand i understand their frustration they they want the money to build the to build the network and incentivize projects on the network um on the other side of it not many people are going to invest time effort and money in a network that's embroiled in a 15 year, $4.1 billion lawsuit, right? Because you don't know what's coming out the other side and you don't know who's gonna end up with control. Right. So I understand they feel like they have their backs against the wall. This is all they can do. But um, I, I just thought this whole thing was interesting. And uh, yeah. you know, there's a Quick lot question. of fans of this protocol, so. Isn't this the one that Wax is on? And I think Corey. Yeah. So and Wax guys? is like I don't know what they're called on EOS. I think it's like a subnet on Avalanche, where Wax is is its own blockchain connected to EOS. So it functions the same way EOS does, but it is actually part of the EOS um, network. And obviously, Wax has a, a definitive interest in what happens here. Um, yeah. From what I've seen in the community, um, people like uh, Corey, our buddy Corey um they are all on the side of the foundation taking it over and having control and having the money etc cetera, etc cetera. Okay. um but you know who knows what right. happens maybe we can get them on for five minutes to tell us what they're thinking yeah yeah it's a good idea i'll uh, ping him in the next day or two and uh, see if we can't get him on so yeah no um yeah i remember the i remember when these guys were out going for tokens because draper's somehow involved in that too and there was something with um uh bancor as well and i remember because they were approaching one of my clients to somehow move them into that protocol um which we didn't do um it was prohibitively expensive and you know i'm glad they didn't now right but, you know here's another one this is this is back there in that realm I mean, i'm not throwing shade at anybody but it's like cardano and stellar and eos those were as we say, so in 2018, man. Yeah. It's like now they're all trying to figure out what to do next. Well, and the only thing happening on this blockchain is wax, right? Yeah. So, um, and so they're day trading the wallet, basically, the 4B. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it's interesting. It is um, interesting. Before I get into my, uh, my, next topic do you have anything else you want to bring up oh yeah just a couple of things real quick because i know you're gonna um dig dive deep in that one let me just flip real quick um uh wasn't this one i was interested in. it was um uh well Ave, ave's uh launching decentralized social media platform on polygon which i thought was yeah oh lens protocol yep yeah. yeah so, so i go ahead go ahead no you talk you talk i haven't read no so Look, I think this is interesting. Um, I think it's uh, uh, has the potential to be really powerful. Um, and uh, Maki from Sushi is actually an advisor uh, on this yeah. protocol and to Ave in general. And, and I like that somebody's doing this. 
I think, you know, this idea of this B2B play really where this is just a developer's platform, right? They're not launching a social network. They're just providing the nuts and bolts to be able to launch social networks on the blockchain. And I understand yeah. that play, right? I understand the, hey, we want to create this platform so people can build stuff on it. And it's certainly something that reduces responsibility, <laughs> workload, et cetera. But I think you run into gaps when you don't at least launch with an example, right? And I actually said that to Maki two days ago. I said, look, I don't understand. Why would you launch this thing and not at least have an example, you know, network up of people that create, that collect purple puppy NFTs on OpenSea, right? Just some stupid little niche social network. And my apologies to all the purple puppy NFT collectors, but somebody, you know, something that's just an example, right? Something tangible, something people can see. So the functionality that's available on this protocol is uh, can can stir people's ideas and thoughts. I'm, I'm assuming they think that people will create vertical uh, social media networks, but I just, I, I don't know. Well, I think it's a gamble, not just building the fucking network, right? So if you have this modular system and this protocol that developers can develop on, why not start with the core network, like the Twitter of crypto, and then people can verticalize off of that? right? Because it is a developer's protocol. But uh, I think just laying it out there and hoping people are going to build a social network on it, I, I would have probably done it a little differently. Now, I, I haven't built Ave, so I, you know, who the fuck well, am I? But from a product perspective, I think there's some limits. Yeah, well, he's the CEO of Ave. Um, it calls it an alternative to Twitter. Um, one of the initial plan launched on Ethereum. Um, now it's on Polygon. But the whole time, what they're saying up here is that users are on their own data. So it sounds to me like it's going, you know, broad. While applications can plug into the open social graph. Following someone on the platform generates a follow NFT, which while users can collect published work by creators on the platform, republish it through a mirror feature, which acts as a referral link, earning a share or a cut from anyone that collects the original content via the mirror. And then something about DAO DAO profiles and social-based verification. But Ave seems to be talking hardcore about um, how, you know, Twitter takes all the retweets and all the likes and all that and monetizes it for themselves. They're trying to create a platform where the users monetize that data. Not yeah. The platform. And I, so that's pretty cool. It's very cool. And I have the conceptually all of that functionality and feature capabilities is awesome. But I think it's just I, I would have I, my personal preference would be Ave builds Ave builds a network and then they have a core network and everyone builds off of it. Like, like a blockchain, right? It, 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 it's, it's here it is. Here's the core functionality. Here's where users come in, get started with it, get a feel for it. And then everybody can build their own social dApps on top of it and customize the look and feel and customize the functionality and verticalize the news and information that's in it, whatever. But I, I, I just would have preferred them actually launch something that people could try. So anyway. Yeah. Did you ever fear this is the sushi swap? Did you ever, did that on-chain DAO proposal pass? This is like I haven't, I haven't looked. I have no idea. We should definitely look that up before tomorrow's show. Yeah. Something about Poke Bowl, formalized sushi yeah. and on-chain DAO. Yeah. yeah that was the DAO proposal, but I don't know if the votes happened yet. Okay. But it's a good article on that out. Um, 
And then I go through and something about, um, you know, McDonald's is trademarking a virtual restaurant featuring actual virtual goods and operating a virtual restaurant featuring home delivery. That's interesting. Yeah. So you go to like the metaverse, you go to the virtual Mickey D's, you look at the counter, you pick what you want and they deliver it to you in real world. That's I think cool. that's pretty, pretty clever. Um, uh, oh, this is my DC pals. Um, uh, Shoto opened a DC location on uh, it's a high end sushi restaurant. <laughs> so go check it out. Thanks for you guys. Um, and then uh, this stupid article in the Atlantic talking about a Web3 crypto backlash. I mean, I like the Atlantic. I read it a lot, but I just don't get this article. I mean, it's just doesn't they don't get it. So I recommend reading it. And then this. Yeah, I mean, it's just like everyone else. They're spewing out the same fucking talking points. I saw yeah. uh, Gary V today on uh, CNBC and the so-called anchor or reporter or whatever the fuck she calls herself just spewing out the same clueless shit and now now it's racists and nazis is is the line they're throwing out and gary it's on my uh, you guys can look at my Twitter i know who you're talking about yeah, yeah. vanderbunk or something like I that i don't like fucking know she's an idiot well, they're all going to get this intermediated or disrupted. That's that's what they're figuring out. Yeah, is that and CNBC exactly. has been the pump and dump media property since like 1995. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so I mean, I remember people would just trade on the shit that came on. Um, what was that. the piece of shit token that they put up that they were like know. promoting? There was something. I don't remember what it was, and I was like, but this, you know, for you Apple fanboys. Did you see this uh, Apple iPhone feature to give merchants a way to accept crypto payments? Is, I did. And I saw I saw yeah. a really fucking funny meme video. Uh, let me see if I can find this. Of somebody said this is Jack finding out that Apple's partnered with Stripe. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, here we go. We got somebody talking. Mochi. Let me see if I hear it. Oh, that's spam. Fuck him. Um, no, 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 no. No horns, no tail. He got uh, his helium miner. Remember we were talking about Oh, helium? yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah he got his helium oh, miner. No, He's already got two other... Yeah, calling no horns, no tail a fucking Sorry, no joke. horns, no tail. I just looked real quick and I didn't see the question, so I'm sorry. My bad. But yeah, he's a good guy, so don't anybody take what I said, literally. Yeah, so, um, I mean, that's exciting, man. Uh, are you making bank? <laughs> And, oh, it was NBC. Rugged yeah, yeah. Squid Game, then four days later they rugged. Yeah, let me find oh, this God. Jack uh, at Jack Stripe Apple. You know, because his square, they were making fun of him for uh, uh, finding out that Apple and Stripe are partnered to accept crypto. Hold on. Let me see it. Uh, where is the fucking... Uh, I don't know. I'll look for it later. But it was friggin' hilarious. Um, the other thing that was interesting is, well, Fitch lowered El Salvador's rating due to Bitcoin adoption. And then El Salvador plans to issue first Bitcoin bond next month. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. That's tracking now. So we'll see how that's going to happen. I know that those guys that I'm talking to down there, um, you know, it's all super, super positive on everything. Um, the El Salvadorans feel that way. It's just the rest of uh, uh, international finance development type organizations are just scared. Yeah. Um, and then one other thing. Oh, and this was big. I used, I knew the founder. I know the founder. Don't know him anymore. But Mark Pincus, one of the founders of Zynga, 
did Farmville, oh, yeah. they're releasing uh, their first NFT game this year. Yeah. So I haven't seen what the Zynga stock price is, but last time I looked about years ago, it was in the tank. That might be an interesting play on the equities side. Oops. No, I'm not All right. I found this video for of Jack finding out about Stripe Apple. Hold on. Let me get the speakers up so everybody can hear it. Hold on. You got to share. Sh- yeah, I know. Yeah. I got it. I wish there was a way. I wish this shit would stream through computer audio. I don't understand StreamYard. I, I'm so over them. I got. I by the way, I paid for that lifetime melon license. We got to do that. So yeah. All right. Let me see if this will if this will pick up. Let me change my uh, game to universal. Let me know if you can hear this. Okay. I can hear you so far. Oh, I got to share the screen. So this is funny as shit. So uh, Jack Dorsey finding out Apple and Stripe teamed up to make the iPhone a card reader, right? Wait. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Please hold. Please hold. We're having technical difficulties. I realized I have to move to speakers. Otherwise, nobody can hear it. Okay. Here we go. Ready? That's funny as shit, man. I like Dude, that. it's like brutal, brutal. Let me switch off of speakers. I just, I, I, uh, you know, look, uh, Apple, when Apple does it, especially with Stripe, who has the infrastructure, um, you know, that's going to make shit real interesting. If I can, if I as a small business owner can take payments, you know, tightly integrated with the, uh, with the uh, operating system, you're probably not going to use that plug-in star, Stripe car, uh, Square card reader anymore. So, especially <laughs> hey, if I quick. can take crypto too. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look, it's. I mean, PayPal. Um, uh, wait, who? Cash App is isn't Cash App? Dorsey. Cash who App is? Square. Square. At Jack Square, is yeah, yeah. Square and Cash App. Okay. Yeah. Which so I love. Doing, I'm a big yeah. user of Cash App. I don't really use it at all, but I'm. You know, I use PayPal sometimes, uh, Venmo. Um, but look, I'm, what I'm getting at is it's making it easy for everybody to do stuff on their phone. Yeah. And Crypto buy and, things. And, and money and unify. Invest. It, right? and, that, and that's what's super cool. Well, um, and, then I just Apple, want... and then Apple gets to play bank, right? That's what Cash App's doing, right? Cash App, yeah. you can now deposit checks and you can actually go to a convenience store and deposit cash into Cash App. So why do you need a bank anymore? Right. If they yeah. had a business version of it, I would do it because I've got crypto, I've got stocks, and I've got my USD all in one app. And I can send it to anybody. I can I can take from it. I can spend it. I can I have a debit card, a custom debit mm-hmm. card. Uh, so there's a lot of power in that. So I'm sure that's where Apple's headed. It's like, why should I give this to Cash App? I can be the bank. I have an Apple credit card. Um, we have a credit card. So now we'll become a merchant account provider and will become their personal bank. Like my kids, 
um, don't have debit cards. What? How do they pay for things at stores when I'm not around? They have Apple Cash on their phone and the card readers treat it as a debit card. So it, it makes total sense, right? If I were a bank, I'd be shitting a brick if I'm not the partner bank for Apple and the cash apps of the world. Because at some point, when you're shutting down branches, I don't need you anymore. I don't. The only thing I need right now a bank for is my business account. I don't need, I don't need a regular bank, especially if I've got Cash App or Apple Bank, right? So, and Apple can just buy a fucking bank. Yeah, there's going to be a ton of antitrust issues there. But yeah, I get your points. I mean, everybody, they have the most users. It's going to be easy to do. Um, I mean, I, I see PayPal growing like crazy and it's, yeah. Um, you know, I started off just using it on internet, but then they, you know, I also have, I mean, I have bank cards, but I use those mostly, but still I use that for certain things. Um, Chuck says Goldman is the bank, not exactly Apple, but yeah, I, that's what I meant by, they have to have a banking partner. That's, yeah. Cash app has a banking partner too, but at that point, all app, you know, all the world needs is Goldman, right. And, or Apple, right. So, um, Goldman doesn't do a lot of work with the, um, middle class on down no, you know? no so no, no. um but look check this article out um ben lilly's is sorry real quick and no, the go. other thing think yeah. about how think about all the unbanked yeah That's a gigantic fucking market well just the one thing you just understand el salvador has 70 percent unbanked yeah well so, even so in this country we have ridiculous Botswana is yeah you know what even do you think zaire is yeah the u.s all the population of unbanked well, you know, the one thing, like even in Miami, you know, I, I mean, the official population numbers they show are like literally 33% of who actually lives here because there's a lot of people that never um, formalized um, citizenship, yeah. but they own houses, they have jobs, they pay taxes, they do all the things that citizens do. Um, but, you know, they have difficulty with bank accounts sometimes and new ones. And that's where PayPal and Cash App and all these things fit in and all the other ones trying to bank these people. Because you want, I don't mean these people, but bank those that don't have accounts. I'm sorry. Because I want to see all of them in the banking system. I'm not trying to cast aspersions. I'm very pro-immigration. I, I okay? know you are. I Illegal know you are. or otherwise. Because I, know I figure those are just the go-getters we want in here at the bottom of this big Ponzi scheme. Exactly. So, you know, Listen, come look, on. I, I, but I, I think the, I think that there's a valid argument to be made here that uh, bank stocks aren't great coming. I mean, if my bank is my phone, then all I need is all, all the only bank we need is Goldman or the only bank we need is the bank that partnered with cash app. Right? Yeah. Yet now, well, the, now banks are just for the big moves, the big financial moves. Uh, and um, you know, it, it's not, it's no longer about retail customers. And look, the banks have been shutting down branches at a rapid pace. So if I've got an ATM at the convenience store and I've got everything else in the app and now I've got crypto, I don't, I don't Well, I don't ever go. I mean, I only go when I need to deposit a check into somebody's account directly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't want to pay the wire fee. Yeah. And I'm just kind of nearby, but I don't ever really yeah. go in well, there for I'll, anything. I'll give you an example, right? here's what I'm going to seriously consider for my wife and me. We had an account at simple for years, which was a, it's a FinTech play that was a bank, but it was like no fees, all digital. Um, but you, there were branches, you bank 
uh, you could do deposits at like Walgreens and that kind of stuff. And it was perfect for us. And then they got by, bought by BBVA, right? And BBVA basically kept the functionality of it the same. Then six months later, they get bought by PNC. And what does PNC do? They onboard everybody. And now they want to charge us 15, 20 bucks a month in April after a six month, you know, trial. They're going to start charging us 15, 20 bucks a month for having a fucking personal checking account, right? Oh, and it's yeah. not even a full checking account. It doesn't even come with wire transfers, comes with these stupid limits on everything, no matter how much money you put in there. So why would I bother when we can do everything we want to do in a cash app or Apple later? Evan yeah. Evanson, woo, I'm watching live for once. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Evan. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Evan. Um, Love having you here. Yeah, I just on the bank stuff. Yeah, I do notice they charge just outrageous maintenance fees because I have small accounts for my daughter there that she uses for, you know, Ubers and, you know, spending yeah. and whatever. Um, but yeah, but you know, the limits, the balances are low. So you know, they hit me like 20 bucks a month on that, which I'm yeah. always like, God damn. But then um, you know, I also bank at USAA some. And, you know, the credit unions usually don't have those fees. That's true. Um, credit unions so, are superior. Yeah. So, you know, a couple of credit unions, DC area, Navy Federal Credit Union, Pentagon Federal Credit Union, um, anybody that's had anybody, their parents or they've been in the military, um, USAA is the way to go for auto insurance and credit yeah. cards and banks, no fees and no ATM withdrawal fees. So nice. the big banks, they're gashing that, like you said. Um, but what's what's interesting is that when interest rates start going up, usually the banks, you know, um, perform better because they can uh, charge more. Right. So um, I think the banks will do well, but I think it's going near term when this next up cycle. But stocks yeah. also usually outperform uh, when interest rates are going up after the first little like, let's figure out what's going on. It's when they start cutting interest rates that the market tends to tip over, yeah. which is pretty interesting because a lot of people don't think that way. But look at this. We talk about Ben Lilly and Jarvis Labs a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second article of that piece on Euro dollar futures or whatever came out on the 8th. I recommend, I mean, it's heavy duty uh, macroeconomic analysis. So it's not going to be for everyone, but I recommend everyone go read this again. It's just Google sure. Espresso, Substack, Ben Lilly, and you'll get all his articles. I think his stuff is, um, you know, they have that AI, whatever thing they do on trading signals. But I just read the articles um, because he's definitely super bright. Yeah. And it was one other thing I was going to, we did that. And then some report was, I mean, just a lot of people are feeling that BTC price going up is just sitting on a, on a powder keg right now. I'm seeing a lot of people again, talking about ETH 12,000 BTC 200 K at end of year this year. Um, so go check this article out too. It gives a couple of reasons, their rationale. Um, I'd rather just have people read it rather than me um, talk about it. But you know, you can see the case for ETH right here. Um, and they're specifically talking about uh, the supply side dynamics and, you know, all these things going forward. But good article. I recommend everybody read it. And there was one other thing I wanted to share. Oh, this one, I don't know what to think about this. Um, I mean, not that I care uh, whether they're using Bitcoin or not, but they're crowdfunding the defense budget or something like that. Uh, well, like half a million dollars. People are donating. So they must be crowdfunding for donations for gear and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, thought it was interesting because they're using Bitcoin, but it looks like it's only half a million dollars. I, I was on it's a call. I was on a call with you with a Ukrainian yesterday, and um, before we got started, 
we were talking about the situation and he said that the stress levels in the in the country are um just horrible like that's there is nothing else going on in that country except talking about whether or not they're going to war and i can't imagine what that's like living like that now, i can't imagine trying to explain it to my kids especially younger kids but um that extreme level of pressure and knowing that they're kind of caught in the middle um and that uh you know the power that russia has to basically take over that country is uh pretty pretty astounding a lot of people think they're they're just bluffing and that really what they want to do is engage the west in dealing with it and they don't really give a shit about taking it over they just know that it will keep the west occupied um while they do whatever else they do but they just think it's an intelligence play by uh by Putin. Well, yeah, I hear other chatter. I hear, in addition to that, that a lot of the senior military command staff is super worried about this, that he's not recognizing um, that how unified the actual Ukrainians are against them, because most of the Russian Ukrainians have already basically been annexed. Yeah, they're already, class, and yeah. They're, they're already, they're not there. So the ones that are left are definitely, the vast majority is pro-Ukrainian. Yep. Um, two, that um, China's egging them on and watching this, you know, because the Chinese have always coveted the Eastern Siberian oil fields the Russians yep. have because China doesn't have oil other than in, right. surprise, the Uyghur province where they're right. committing, you know, all kinds of crazy atrocities. Um, and then they're watching to see what we do about Ukraine because, you know, they always want to make the move on Taiwan. So I think Putin's kind of, and, you know, and also this kind of ties into the kind of the big buy the dip thing today on Bitcoin is that, you know, also hearing a lot of Russian oligarchs are now buying, converting into Bitcoin. So well, that tells me that well, they're sort yeah. of ex expecting <laughs> that hey, the shit's going to hit the fan. And this this is probably going to be the end of forecast. I don't know anything I'm talking about, but this could be what sort of does in Putin because the senior oligarchs are getting tired yeah, of him well, that'd be and awesome. the military. is. So he's got to deliver now. Well, but I mean, now he's surrounded. He replaces him, but I'd love to see his ass out. You know, now there's U.S. bases in Lithuania, Slovakia, Poland, you know, Romania, everywhere. Yeah. And so that wasn't there before. Yeah. So, you know, to me, I think he's making a colossal blunder. Um, and I, you know, me, I, I have tons of Russian friends and um, that, you know, live here, live in D.C. that I've known because way back, you know, we were all friends. <laughs> you yeah. feel, I mean, I'm friends with these exactly. people still, but I'm saying Russia, U.S., Right. And I always thought it would be so great to get them into NATO, you know, and into the European Union, yeah. uh, because that's what the Russian people deserve. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's just my sense. But, you know, we'll see how it turns out. But either way, you know, hopefully it de-escalates and, you know, we don't end up dropping bodies all over the place. Let's talk about this putz. <laughs> oh, this is your boy. OK, now we can really rant. All right. Good. This fucking guy, man. I. You know, there's a lot of obnoxious behavior in crypto, a lot that we're all we've all seen it. There's a lot of people that just annoy the fuck out of you. But some people like these guys. I, I don't get it, but some people do. They like the brash, shitty asshole attitude. Um, but this guy actually worries me uh, a lot. So I'd never heard of him until the other night. I don't I don't know if you pronounce that ye or yay. Um, but I'm going to go with Are ye, you? Harry oh, yeah. ye. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. so Harry is 
the managing partner and founder at Quantum FinTech Group. But more importantly, Harry is one of the original investors in the Phantom Foundation. Um, so provided evidently a good chunk of money to get Phantom off the ground, uh, provided a big chunk of money for the foundation's grants program. But Harry also um, has a difficult time understanding what DeFi is all about. So I'm innocently, you know, surfing Twitter two nights ago. And somehow somebody linked me to this tweet by this. You, you know, the people that just don't have a fucking filter and have oh, yeah. no, their ego is so fucking blown out that they have no idea what they no sound impulse like controlled or, or they don't even give a shit. Really. They just don't give a shit. Right. So I didn't know this whole backstory. So tomb finance is uh, another liquidity model. That's actually hugely popular on uh on phantom and it was built with an open source product called basis cash on ethereum that i also i had never heard of i've heard of tome but i'd never heard of basis cash basis cash was built with an mit license um so uh, open source platform and protocol and somebody created tomb finance using that platform and essentially it's a it's another uh, stable coin mechanism with bonds below, bonds above, you know, this massive complexity, but lots of people making a lot of money on it because the returns are really good when you invest in this thing, right? But there's extreme risk that if it goes below the peg, that there's all kinds of a mess. So Tomb is actually, we've actually talked about Tomb because mm -hmm. Tomb is not pegged to the US dollar. It's pegged to Phantom. It's pegged to FTM, right? So there's all kinds of risk associated with this. I haven't done enough research to understand all the mechanics of how it works, but here's what I do know. Evidently, a few months ago, Harry decided to take over Tomb Finance. I don't know how that all happened, um, but he decided he wanted to own Tomb Finance. He's also um, involved in a number of other uh, phantom projects that normally you would see a page like this and you think, oh, you know, Harry put in, you know, half a million dollars to, to support it and has tokens. No, Harry fucking owns everything. Harry doesn't invest. Harry buys, right? Harry takes control. So I don't know the structure of all the deals with all these protocols, but... Ah, Chidao. Yeah, but I do know that Harry's heavily involved with all of them. So evidently, Harry decided he wanted to actually hands-on run a protocol. So he took over Tomb Finance and then proceeded last weekend or sometime in the last week to go out and tell everybody in the ecosystem that if you have a Tomb fork, evidently they got very popular and dozens of them were created very similar to the Olympus Dow forks, right? If you have a tomb fork, I'm coming after you. I'm going to sue the shit out of you. He pulled the tomb finance code out of GitHub and is rewriting the license to long, no longer be open source. But he's just declaring all this shit, right? Yeah. And all of these people forked this platform. He's got no legal grounds. But the problem is, if you're if you've launched a fork and he comes after you with billions of dollars in court, you're, you're fucked, right? Because all he's going to do is bleed you dry. He's going to just bleed your project dry. 
So he announced he was on this vendetta and that he was going to fucking basically take something open source and make it closed source. And then he started going after publicly going after specific projects and calling them scams and rug pulls. No evidence yeah, of he's it. He's going to get sued himself for that. He could very well. No evidence of the scams and rug pulls. No, nothing. Just going after them. And he started jumping into discords, accusing all of the founders of being crooks, doing all this shit, right? And he admits it. So I'm not actually risking anything here by saying this. He posted, so he did this with this project called, uh, under, well, their Twitter handle is, is underscore 2OMB but it's tomb, T-O-M-B, and three ohm, right? So it's a tomb fork. Well, he jumped into their fucking Discord and started accusing the founder of being crooked. This was a rug pull and a scam, telling everyone to get out. Of course, what happens? The price tanks, goes under peg, harms all the investors that are in there. Turns out the founder of two ohm is a fucking 16-year-old high school student, Right? who built this thing, it was incredibly successful, and that's why Harry went after it, because it was taking cash out of Tomb. Everybody was moving over to, to Ohm, and he didn't like it, so he decided to go accuse this kid. Well, evidently, within the last week as well, two guys in the community decided to convince the 16-year-old kid that he should set up a multi-sig so everyone feels safer, and these two guys were one, are two of the three signatures. Oh, so they great. effectively pushed the 16-year-old out, right? So the kid builds this project up. It's a big success, strong community. They push this kid out. Now they have control over all the money in the treasury. And Harry comes in and guess what? Starts accusing it of being a rug pull and a scam. Well, what happens? The price drops. What does Harry do? Harry starts buying up the tokens, right? Like this is such classic fucking shit it's just grinds my ass just grinds my ass so well the good thing is he's doxxed so everybody can go after him yeah but so then suddenly harry realizes how awesome this community of two ohm is and now he's going to partner with two ohm and tomb and marry the two together in some way and create this fabulous system right so he posts, <laughs> I didn't know the whole story yet, right? I, I didn't know the whole fucking story of this putz. And I start reading this medium post by this fucking guy. And I started to count the number of times the word I appeared in. Oh in God, it. I hate but, that. But I lost count of it. But I almost stopped reading, but I was like re a train wreck. I almost stopped reading when I said, in order for you to understand and interpret how I came to the decision to partner Tomb Finance with two and three ohm, you must please follow my instructions and read the whole article. I'm like, who the fuck is this person? Right? What's this but guy's name again? Yeah, yeah. Harry Ye, Harry Ye. I don't, I don't know I if where he knows is. how it's pronounced. Let me know. And no, I just got it. It's yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> I Google it. It's like, yeah. Okay. So I got the YouTube page up in case anybody wants to hear the real, I'm horrible with Chinese. Accents, so, so I go through this whole article and he tries to apologize for doing this. Right. So then what happens, the end result is everybody gets pissed at him in the two ohm for calling it a rugs and a scam. And everybody starts tanking tomb. 
right? So now all of his investors in Tomb are getting fucked over because they're losing all their value. It's dropping below peg and now they're fucked. So he tries to come in here and apologize and then explain everything that he's doing. But essentially what he's saying in this post is, I'm a fucking dictator. I'm taking over this shit. I don't really care, although I'll tell you I care about what happened to everybody. And this is going to be a success because I believe in the community. All absolute total bullshit. The guy, I, I highly encourage everyone to go read this post because I have never, ever seen anything like this. So yeah, I just I just put up a quick link of him speaking good. at the uh, Phantom DC in Abu Dhabi on in 2021, November 18th. Yeah. So, so you can watch gonna, that too. I'm going to make a bitly. Hold on. Let me do a bitly real quick of this article so everybody can go to it. So we're going to do, we're going to call it DL for DeFi lunch putts. There you go. copy so anybody can go read this epic oh that's not it well i guess it'll do it didn't save my it didn't save my change but that's okay you guys can use that uh anyway so here's uh, this would be entertaining and just funny except this makes me very concerned about the phantom ecosystem and the power that this guy has um, it, it makes me concerned that he's going to pull shit like this across the board with other protocols, that he's going to try to consolidate protocols under him, that he's going to go in and buy people out, buy up all the token supplies, control the governments, all that good shit. And he's a big... Like a, I'm sorry, I was going to say it looks like a plump Justin Sun. There you go. And he operates like a Justin Sun. Yeah, I put his domain up too. It's harryyeah.com. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's like thing. it's like it's like just oozing ego, yeah, obnoxious yeah. shit. The whole website is just pitiful. So, my concern now is the Phantom ecosystem, right? I I have I real what... concerns about a guy like this running rampant, just taking over fucking protocols, and then accusing other protocols in the ecosystem of being scams and rug pulls. To me, that's that's a dangerous place for that for this chain to be. So yeah. I'm really concerned about it. Um, I'm not going to bail on Phantom. I love Phantom and I love the team behind it. I think Andre's awesome. Simone's awesome. You know, but I I do have concerns. Now I've talked to a few people that I know leading projects in the space um, and involved in the space, and they are all as concerned. And they seem to hold on to a bit of respect for Harry because their dealings with him in the past have been strong, solid. You know, he he really wanted to help the ecosystem. He was trying to make it grow, blah, blah, blah. But they say over the last few weeks, they have been thoroughly amazed at the behavior. So I don't know. He's like a a scrappy guy. He's basically touting that he started with $500 and you know, created this hedge fund and this and that. Um, yeah, look, it's a great success story that he's become this success, but you but you obviously have zero fucking clue what the D and DeFi stands for. I mean, yeah. it's just this fucking uh, Money arrogance. I, I encourage everyone to read this article or at least get as far through it as you possibly can without needing to fucking chuck because, not, no offense, Chuck, vomit. Um, because 
because it is, I, I've, I, again, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. So anyway, um, well, I'm not giving say, up on Phantom, and I think Phantom is an obviously strong chain, and the community is stronger than somebody like this. Um, but I, I think it has a potential to put a damper on uh, some people's participation. Like you have all these investors that are in Tomb and in Two Ohm, and then this guy comes out of nowhere and fucks all of you. Um, it, it's it's not going to. They're going to go look at Avalanche, right? They're going to go look at other Binance why why have some rando come in and 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 screw up your investments right because he doesn't have the maturity to to well, think about what he's going to say before he says it yeah I, I honestly i don't i don't see how you take down open source code make a few changes and then go after everybody who used the open source code because you have because, the attorneys to do it like yeah, but, he, he's not going to go after anybody with a big bankroll he's going to go after the 16 year olds launching projects that don't really have enough money to defend again it bleed them dry and take over the project yeah well you know this is what i say to the 16 year old is he doxxed no no no, no. okay so look you need a lawyer dude yeah. and if you want a referral to the chairman of either denton's or hogan lovell's dm me yeah um, exactly. or come on the show we'll hook you up i mean Definitely. you gotta pay but they'll bury this guy yeah so i hate this shit i do too man it's just it, it, it's this kind of shit that really bothers me in the community, and it um, and, and and it doesn't have to be this way, right? If you if you believed enough to invest in Phantom, you should be smart enough. He should be smart enough to understand the impact of his actions on the chain, right? Yeah. If nothing else, think about your own selfish investment, right? When you do shit like this, you think you're you can't be touched, and nobody will care, but People are going to care. Projects are going to think twice about being on Phantom because of this shit. Yeah. So. And also think about all the other crypto billionaires that are like, who is this asshole? Exactly. And, you know, they're going to team up to crush them now. I of mean, that's course. just the way it works in billionaire finance, traditional side, but as yeah. well as crypto. So I would look to see the good. I mean, if that's a thing, good billionaires uh, going after this guy. Um, I think this is kind of like you must have been pissed off about something and did something stupid. But why? You know, it's not like he built it. No, you know, it's not like no. he wrote the code. No. Um, and, and he's going after people for copying open source code that his project now that he bought the project he bought is based on an MIT license. It's, yeah, it's. I know I've, I've sort of thought about things like this in the past. <laughs> Those MIT licenses are everywhere. Yeah. Um, but I guarantee you what he thinks is, look, I have enough money that I can crush any of them with my attorneys. And so I'll eliminate all competition in the space and I'll keep everyone scared of coming into the space. And, you know, that's how often these things are done is you just intimidate legally because the other people don't have the don't have the bank that you have. So anyway, uh, no, I'm just saying where, okay, quantum fintech is Delaware corporation. So he's in the U S jurisdiction, which means that it's open season on him. Yeah. Um, so, and there's a bunch of company profiles here, Crunchbase, quantum fintech, a couple other ones. Um, so there's a SPAC there too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but uh, is the sec going to go after the guy with billions of dollars? Or are they going to go after the little guys? They're going to go after the little guys because they don't want to fight them in court. And they know this guy will fight him. 
That's the problem. No. Well, I'm not saying the SEC will go after them. I'm saying that um, they should. other people can sue them in Delaware courts. You know, the other crypto billionaires. I mean, it's not like he's doxxed or hanging out in an international location where it's yeah. more difficult. You know, this is U.S. court, so all his assets are in the U.S., or a big yeah. chunk is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a big pot of money that, you know, those <laughs> lawyers will just be salivating over. Um, you would think, yeah. So we'll, well see I shot happens, this. But... I shot this over to our buddy, Andrew Thurman, make sure he knew what was going on, because I'd love ah, to have him cover cool. it. So. Yeah. Well, you know, this is the kind of stuff that I don't like either. I mean, picking on a 16-year-old, I mean, yeah. just cut a deal with him. And then, I mean, I don't know if he did it, but community members then hijacking the multi-sig wallet. Yeah. Um, you need to give it. To, I could see what probably was said. I don't know. You know, oh, this guy's getting ready to sue you unless you let us have two of the three slots. You know, right. because it's not like they did it. And I mean, common sense says it's not like they did it independently. You would. Um, yeah. It certainly I mean, seems like of, this could have been a, uh, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Rico? Oh, is that the uh, word? I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, An organized attempt to uh, running and taking take over a financial enterprise. asset illegally. Well, I think all those guys are probably violating a lot of Rico predicates left and right. Um, the question is, uh, do you roll that out against them? Um, I think that he just needs the kid just needs to lawyer up and go yeah. get his. Yeah. Um, as to everything else the guy does, I don't know, but I don't like that it taints um, or tarnishes. <laughs> Uh, Phantom. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's not because I like Phantom a lot. I do so. too. Look, I, I, I think at the end of the day, the community and the team are strong enough that this can be overcome. I just, it's just a bad form. And and on his part, it's just stupid. I mean, that's when your arrogance costs you money because you think you are untouchable, that's, that's when you need help. Because if... You've invested all this money in Phantom. You've invested this money in protocols there. And then you don't realize that your arrogance and stupidity is actually going to harm those investments, but, which is exactly what will happen, right? Who, how do you trust, how do you trust Tomb Finance not having erratic behavior around the protocol, right? How do you trust anything that he touches uh, not being um, dangerous? So, anyway. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I mean, these are the skills that they do with traditional finance all the time. Um, I mean, if anybody's watched Billions, yeah. uh, you know, this shit goes on constantly. Um, and that's pretty, yeah, I mean, some of that stuff's obviously exaggerated, but I mean, that is the way you do it. Now, so, one more piece of irony. Yes. So after he took over Tomb Finance, guess guess what he did? Um, Before he decided to sue people for forks. He forked mm. Olympus Dow. There you go. What's good for the goose should be good for the gander, right? I tweeted yesterday. I said Olympus Dow should shoot the shit out of Harry Yee for forking Olympus Dow. Yeah, because he uh, took the only um, – well, it was just at that one moment they were basically in, – in GitHub, it was just there as a proprietary version for the exactly. five seconds when he took it. Exactly. Um, yeah, we have a memo somewhere back in that. Now <laughs> <laughs> let's make it proprietary for 20 minutes. Exactly. And then give it back because we have to fix this one change of period to a comma. Yeah. And then let's come back and put it back out open source. Oops. Can, can you just believe this, dude? I mean, he's a piece of work, man. 
Yeah, well, that's a good thing for us to think about um, in the sense of, um, you know, it's how not to behave. I mean, yeah. this is where people blow it. Look, I'm going to say if I was ever a billionaire, I personally don't want to be because I think it's too much of a hassle. But if yeah. I was, I'd probably end up giving all the money away. Yeah. In my younger days, I was always the first one to buy a round of cocktails for everybody. I was yeah. always the one who spent shitloads of money on fun. So I would yeah. just give it away. Yeah. I'm not the guy who wants to hoard a bunch of stuff. I use it for fun and freedom. That's it. Yeah. Um, well, the market seems to be going down a little bit. So real quick, tomorrow, um, my episode with Emma Jane is coming out. Remember we met Emma at... Uh, Digital Axe? Yep. Cool. And oh, listening excellent. to it listening to it again for the edits I, i'm just blown away how brilliant this woman is my daughter is not going to understand anything she says about crypto but i'm going to make her watch this interview because this woman is just brilliant absolutely yeah. going to be a powerhouse in crypto just she is just another level of intellect and uh look she was a you know she was a rocket engineer and then she ran managed uh, black Swan uh, fund algorithms. So um, obviously she had the smarts already, but her philosophical and intellectual uh, capabilities are just uh, incredible. Just yeah. blows wasn't me her, away. Wasn't her dad, I mean, I think her, wasn't her dad a uh, astrophysicist or something like that? I believe her so. dad was yeah. some type yeah. of scientist and yeah. uh, she was very, she's very, she is very close to him. And you know, so that's why the math and, and all of that, she just gets it. And she's, so and she's smart. fun. And she's, and she's an awesome communicator and a motivator. Yeah. I mean, she's like this package of leader that's pretty astounding. Like, you know, you just reminded me, I never messaged Stella, you know, her person, the person yeah, that works with that runs Why don't you go ahead and messenger? We'll get her on the on DeFi lunch next week. Cool. All right. I'll send her a message. Right. Um, send her a yeah, message. Tell her we want to get her on the show. Yeah, this uh, just so everybody knows, the token's called Mona Vale. It's digital acts, it's digital fashion NFTs, and a whole bunch more. Um, oh, and they have an awesome, awesome DAO infrastructure in that organization. I mean, it's it's absolutely incredible the way they built this community into the DAO and how all these designers, both professional and amateur, are coming together, developers, artists. It's just a really, um, it's an amazing thing that they've built. And frankly as anyone will tell you, especially my wife, I've never had anything to do with fashion. But dude, um, what but you do what, is fashion. Uh, but that's, but what she explains is that what I think is fashion is not fashion. Fashion is identity. Fashion is, um, look, feel. look, and it mm -hmm. doesn't mean stylists. It means it you're means, just communicating. You don't give a fuck. And exactly. that's fashion. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. We and always anyway, and, and it's role, thing versus fashion. Go ahead. Yeah, and its role and importance in our lives, and why it's so critical to what's happening in crypto and in NFTs and in metaverse. So anyway, uh, that'll be out tomorrow. Everybody, uh, encourage you to watch, yeah. listen, because she's just brilliant. So. Tokens, Monavale, the governance token, and the max supply is only ten thousand. Yeah. Um, it's circulated between like four, four hundred. It's at four hundred and seven right now, but it's been as high as two different points so this is one to do and there's another play if you go to their website there's another um utility token in there i can't remember what that one's called that uh is used on the platform but just a fantastic group and um I've been in and out of that everybody team. we met on that team was just Ooh, amazing 
Who was the other um, person we were talking to that had the, the London accent that was actually from Minnesota? Um, Laura? Oh, yeah. She's the one that was working in France for a designer and yeah. left, a, left a, a full-time design gig uh, with a major designer to come work on her own with in Digital Acts. Yeah, because she her designs like I think Stella coordinates all the uh, fashion artists and you know like new people and so this is why anybody who's interested in fashion should look these you know, anybody who's you know young and looking for something to do interested in fashion should connect up with uh, Stella in particular because she's running that whole group it's like an apprenticeship program or a way that yep. um, they get exposure for their designs and the other gal I think her name was Lauren I've got it somewhere. Um, she was the one that was doing those kind of fashion overlays where, you know, you can, um, it's like a filter, but, um, but not a filter. It was really weird. Cause I can't remember. It would change the look when you saw her versus, um, in the fabric or something like that versus when you saw somebody else, like there's patterns and things embedded in it. It was very interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love this space because think about it uh play to earn games we talk about nfts and games a lot i mean these are you know nfts are skins and things like yep. that they're big in esports yep. so um anybody that's into gaming esports all of that and crypto um and gives a shit what their character avatar looks like should check this out yeah oh they fixed the website i mean yeah it's really good it. and it sounds like the dow infrastructure is, is forkable uh which is very interesting oh. uh joe quick note to everyone uh the dash from um Oh my God. XIO uh, asked me last minute to jump on and be a judge for um, it, kind of a shark tanky kind of thing they're doing Ooh. with projects in their, in their little incubator system. So I'll be on in uh, 47 minutes on Twitter spaces. Uh, I'll tweet now the uh, link to that, but um, um, check it out. I, you know, we're kind of doing this, uh, seat of the pants, I guess, but they're giving away block zero labs is the name of his project. I interviewed him. You guys can check the, uh, interview, um, uh, that I did with dash on how this came about. He's a really powerful, persuasive leader. Um, he's worked, you know, his butt off to build something pretty powerful. So highly encourage, uh, I highly encourage everyone to hop in at, uh, two o'clock and listen to us, uh, hear some pitches and, um, and, uh, you know, see see what comes out the other side i have no idea about any hey, of these projects you got a link for that i just retweeted it so it'll be at the top okay. of my profile b05 crypto cool um so you guys check it out there please will do all right man all right buddy have a great day everybody we love you we appreciate you thank you for listening thank you for spreading the word uh thanks for thanks for coming in and listen to me rant and joe rant and talk i i rant joe doesn't rant really but um Only really really appreciate it if you get a chance please review us on uh your favorite podcast app or apple uh podcasts as well you can uh, give us a thumb up and subscribe on youtube it helps a lot our youtube audience is starting to grow even though we haven't done anything to promote it um and all of our episodes of DeFi lunch and mission DeFi are available at missiondefi.com. that is also where you can get links for subscribing to the podcast thanks man fabulous Love All you right, guys. Have a great day. day. Bye-bye. Right. Talk to you later, Brad. Bye. Bye.